us is Austin Cunningham and Justin Teresa of Talking Football. Week three of the NFL is starting to come to an end. Um, a whirlwind of games, honestly. But before we get into that, I am coming off and hangover from a Mizzou tailgate. Um, I missed the opportunity to go to Madison um, in Michigan, Wisconsin-Michigan game. I missed that. It was a blowout by Wisconsin, so good for them. Jonathan Taylor is a beast, but let me tell you, Mizzou and Kelly Bryant, not as fun to watch. Not not a good time like I thought it might have been. Mizzou, great atmosphere. Team game, I don't know, Jim. But that's what I did this weekend, so I'm recovering from that. Trees, Utah, tough loss early in the week, or later in the week, so I'll let you take into that and say how your weekend's been. Yeah, it started off pretty shitty with the Friday night loss to USC. Uh, we just can't beat them at the Coliseum. I don't know what it is, but we can't. We just can't do it. It was very strange to see a Utah loss that was like solely on the defense. The defense just did not show up. Usually, it's the offense that just can't pr- produce points. So <clears throat> that's rough. Uh, and now they go, and we got to go and play Washington State next weekend. They're coming off of a really bad loss to UCLA. I don't know if you saw that one. That was like a 67 to 63 game. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so not too good there, but Saturday went golfing with some buddies. That was a good time today. Watched some games, went to a pool party, had some TVs and some Sunday ticket going on while enjoying a few cold beverages. So not a bad time. Hey, sounds like a good one to me. Um, I spent mine once again on the couch trying to recover from the day before. I think that's about three weeks in a row now. I'm trying to change that up. Probably not going to with what I got planned next weekend. But that's for then. This is now week three coming to an end. We are about to start Sunday Night Football for when we we are recording. Um, So we haven't seen this game yet or Monday night. But the games that have taken place so far will start with Thursday. The Titans versus the Jaguars. For some idiotic reason, we thought... Let's go with the Tennessee Titans. That's a good matchup. Maybe because we didn't trust Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't think I'm going to go against them from the rest of the year now. Watch me do it this next week. But pretty great start for him and the Jaguars moving forward. I'm sure that kind of got your weekend going up before the Utah loss, right? Yeah, it absolutely did. It was a great game. It was super exciting to see them actually show up on a Thursday. They play the Broncos next weekend, so if you really choose to pick against them, yikes. Uh, but overall, Minshew, yeah, he played fantastic. Defense showed up. Nine sacks. Like, Saxonville's back with... That was the first game that they like had like a fully healthy Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen, and Campbell, Calais Campbell. Week one... Uh, Yannick was dealing with a hamstring, then he missed the next game, and then this one. So they really showed up there. So that was awesome to see A.J. Boye finally looks healthy, which he has it in about about a year now. It was about halfway through last year where he just started getting beat up, and he played lights out. He played amazing. D.J. Shark is the man. Like, he really is. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, disappointing, though. Super disappointing. Four drops in that game. That was hard. Uh, Conley is going to do what Conley does. He's kind of that sure hand guy will make some plays when you want him to. So super excited about DJ Chark though. And if they can get another wide receiver in the draft this year, like I will love this combination of wide receivers. So very excited about that. 
Fournette, once again, did not look as good. Yes, he had that one breakoff run, but other than that, just nothing. How do you have a 69-yard run and end up with 66 rushing yards? <laughs> the dude is trash <laughs> right now. Like, he is so bad. Like, he stutters every time he gets the ball. Like, I just want him to use his, like, use the speed and strength and just go. Like, stop trying to pull the Le'Veon Bell, chop your feet at the line, read it. Like, just go, man. Like, just hit the whole running. I get frustrated with him, but then at the same time, I have to recognize the offensive line is not playing well at all. Um, from a run standpoint, pass pass wise, they're great. Minshew's gone two of the three games without a sack, yeah. without getting sacked, I should say. Uh, Houston got to him a few times, but man, it's very hard to hold down JJ Watt and Wilson uh, merciless. It's hard to hold those guys down consistently. So overall, though, I was very excited. And again, they play the Broncos next week, so I fully expect a two and two start now and all of a sudden get things rolling yeah they look good uh Gardner Minshew was several fling of the week opportunities there um the new thing that we broke out the cold cuts and fling of the week make sure to follow us up with that on social media if you see something use the hashtag let us know um I haven't seen the hashtag used anywhere else so that's primarily just with us right now which is great um that's enough of this game though moving on to the start of Sunday the Bengals versus the Buffalo Bills, where the Bills were favored by six, which I took. Treese did not. He took the Bengals, and they covered, so good for them. Um, somewhat of a just kind of an iffy game. Like, there wasn't anything too exciting going on. Uh, Dalton did not look as impressive. Josh Allen had some okay throws, had some okay moments, but nothing that just really – kind of said, wow, this is a good game. It was just one of those ones where you're just kind of watching and then you get the winner and boom, that's about it. This game is the definition of Frank Gore. It's just the definition. It's boring, gets the job done, grinds it out. Like, that's just Frank Gore in a nutshell, and that's exactly what the Bills did right here. Like, they, you'd think that they would win a lot more by t- to the Bengals. I mean, but hey. In the end, they're 3-0, and and they're heading into next week against 3-0 P- the Patriots. So, it, it's showtime for them. They're looking, I mean, they're looking okay. Like I said, not any, like, big, like, head-turning type move plays or anything like that. But their defense, defense stepped up again this week. And that that's the confidence you need playing the Patriots. And they have them at home, right? They're home next week. Uh, I, I don't remember. Because I think today was their home opener because they've been on the road in New yeah. York, New York. New York. Right. But uh, it'll be I, – I do believe they play the Patriots in Buffalo, so that would be good for them. I'm sure that atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, can't wait for that next week. This next game, the Cowboys versus the Dolphins, where the Cowboys had a spread of 21 and a half. We went back and said, there ain't no way this happens. There ain't no way the Cowboys beat – the Miami Dolphins by 21 and a half points. Nothing against nobody, but it was just like the Dolphins are ready to do something. They're ready to compete. They did maybe for like a quarter. And then after that, it just came down to we don't have enough talent or depth and we suck. And that's exactly what they did by losing to the tune of what? 30 points? 25, yep. 25. Close enough. Rounding down. Uh, 
Dak, another good game, just kept building on. Tony Pollard had 100 rushing yards and his first rushing touchdown. Congrats to him. Had him sitting on my bench in fantasy. Really could have used him this week. Personal story, you guys don't care. Uh, poor performance this week for me in the fantasy world. <laughs> but uh, the Dolphins, Josh Rosen, this was his first game starting for him. Boy, he has no time or protection. Like, he's just uh, just a sitting duck. Like, just hit me, please, is pretty much what the Dolphins are saying right there. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, I actually thought Dak pr- didn't look that good. I kind of felt like he looked like the old Dak in a sense. Um, a guy that's more of a game manager. I know he did have, like, 250 passing yards, but... He just looked a little sloppy. He had a really bad interception. Like, had all this time, and I don't know why he forced that throw. But, uh, like you said, Pollard and Zeke kind of held it down. 22, sorry, 32 rushes for like 130 yards, or 230 yards combined. So, they did a great job there. And as long as this offensive line stays healthy, though, this combination of Zeke, Cooper, and Prescott are going to be a threat, no matter who they play. Yeah. With a plus one of Jason Witten and Tony Pollard here and there. You just kind of sprinkle them in, a little driplet of it. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next game, the Denver Broncos versus the Packers. The Packers were favored by seven and a half. Uh, we both covered that. We both won that. The Broncos, man, just off to a disappointing start to the season. I don't know at what point you change that around or turn around or figure it out, but the Packers just keep rolling. The Packers are just rolling and rolling and rolling, and Aaron Rodgers is just competing and staying content with that MVP trophy that I have predicted for the Talking Football podcast. I'm thinking he keeps it up. Yeah, I thought that the offense looked like trash this game. It looked really like bad. Like they just looked, they stalled out too much. 17 for 29 for 230 yards for Rodgers. Not great day, but hey. Did you notice what happened? Did you notice what happened? A little uh, deep, deep, deep pass touchdown to Scantling, Martez Scantling. It's almost like somebody like, called that. I feel like I heard that from somewhere. I don't remember who though. Do you remember? Some <clears throat> some really wise man. I apparently. Shit, wasn't us. Wasn't us. <laughs> uh, so, so that was a nice little thing, and it happened super early in the game. So I was very excited about it. Uh, they still want to give Jamal Williams the ball. I, I don't understand it. Uh, Aaron Jones is the better running back. Uh, Aaron Jones only averaged two yards per carry today, which is bad considering he's an, he averages like 5.5 in his career. But hey, he fell into the end zone twice, which is great. They they need to way to scheme Devontae Adam open more. It, it's getting frustrating watching it. And hey, Harris is great. Chris Harris Jr. He shadowed him the entire game, and so you gotta you gotta put that into effect there, but or account there. But four for fifty six, only on four car- uh, targets as well. So he caught every target that he had. Mm. It's a little frustrating, but I mean, in the end, you win by eleven, so you're not going to complain. One thing that I wanted to point out is friend of our podcast, Dalton Reisner, really yes. helped Philip Lindsay out on that touchdown. Kind of just uh, grabbed him and just said, nope, you were falling into this end zone. Both of us just picks him up and just carries him two yards. So uh, shout out to our boy Dalton. That was a great play. Yeah, uh, he had a tweet, too, like where he quoted it. And he was like, just like 
back home where you're wrangling cattle or something. That's and perfect. I went back and I watched it. I was like, hell, sure enough, you get the feet planted, your body leaned back, get your arms extended and fling that some bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's about what it looked like. And there it is for six. Um, our next game, though, the Falcons versus the Colts. Uh, this is a game we split. Um, I had the Colts win in by a point and a half, which what they were favored. Um, I did cover. We won that, or I did at least. Treese lost it. But uh, the performance that was very shocking here was Jacoby Brissett finally getting the you know 300-yard mark, two touchdowns, 28 for 37. Uh, they did good on the run. Mack had a rushing touchdown towards the right. Good to keep that going. Um, Receiving-wise, though, he spread the ball around. I think there's seven or eight guys here that caught the ball, which is good for that offense. That's good for Brissett moving forward, and that through the year, that's going to help out. So good for those guys. Going to the Falcons, man, Matt Ryan, it's like he has a good game, but then he struggles. Like we, I'm sure you've seen it, that missed opportunity that he had for Julio. Julio is open the entire route. The ball doesn't go to him. How does it not? How are you not looking for Julio Jones in the red zone, who still had eight receptions and 128 yards with the receiving touchdown? But, I mean, you could have just added to his day there. It's just one of those things where he does good, but he's not. And so you're it's week by week. You're like, Matt Ryan sucks. Matt Ryan's good. Or I shouldn't say sucks. Matt Ryan had an off day, a good day. It's just a freaking roller coaster throughout the season. And then at the end of it, you're like, huh, he actually had a pretty good year. But we're week to week, just ah, eh, ah, eh. Yeah, because if you were box score scouting this, you would be like, Matt Ryan had a good game. Yeah. 29, 29 for 34, 305 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, right? That sounds good, but you're right. He missed some open guy or an open receiver there, which ended up costing him. Uh, it really cost him the win, really. Uh, they finally got Defonte Freeman going a little bit. It's probably because Darius Sanders was out, so... That's probably a big reason, but overall, the bigger shock for me, kind of like you said, Brissett had an awesome game. With Mac not practicing all week, I did not think that he was going to get 16 carries. Uh, I wrote an article this week saying that this was one of the locks, was the Falcons uh, covering this. They didn't. Uh, I had a rough day on that on that article. It was rough. Uh, it was really bad, actually. I think I, I think I, there were six all together, and I think I only got like two or three right. So... <laughs> Um, not but, bad like, odds, not bad. But like my point is, like my or my reasoning, which I write about the entire article is, I just didn't think Mac was going to get that many looks, and so I thought that the running by, back by committee would put a little bit more pressure on Brissett, and he wouldn't be able to really do it. Plus, Keanu Neal went out super early in the game, torn Achilles. Hate to see it. Uh, he's one of the huge reasons why I had the Falcons going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, is with him and uh, Lewis or Jones, Deion Jones back. So that's rough. Uh, Falcons, they got to get some shit together if they're going to have a chance to stay in this. Really, and they got to move quick because I mean the rest of the NFC South. There, it looks like the, the Buccaneers are making a lot more noise than we all thought they were, and we'll get to that here in a little bit towards the end of our rundown. But this next game, the Ravens and the Chiefs, uh, it started off kind of close, and then the Chiefs just separated for a little bit, and then the Ravens kind of came back. I mean, that's the game in a nutshell. The defense did hold off. The offense did enough to keep them in the game. But Patrick Mahomes, he had 200. He was 20 for 25 with 200 yards in the first half. In the first half, he was 20 for 25. That is absurd. 
just absolutely unreal for two touchdowns. Finished the game 27 for 37, 374 for three touchdowns. Um, it was awesome to see McCole Hardman get in the game. Uh, Demarcus Robinson just carried over from last week with a great one-handed reception. Uh, I about said Tony Gonzalez for whatever reason, but Travis Kelsey, um, not a lot of noise, but he did just enough to stay in the game. You know what I mean? Mahomes went to him when he needed to. LaShawn McCoy, welcome to Kansas City with two touchdowns, a rushing and a receiving. Good for him. Sammy Watkins was present as well. But going to the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, he struggled. He missed a lot of open guys. He missed a lot of deep shots that he's been hitting in the NFL the last two weeks. I kind of said this on Thursday where I was like, I don't think he's going to do as well against a defense that has somewhat of a secondary and a pass rush and understands what he's going to do. And sure enough, it stalled him for a little bit. He's still athletic enough to make guys miss and get open, you know, and rush for the yards. They went, man, they – the first half they went for they went let me quit stuttering here they went they went they went you know let me catch back up here about four out of the five four downs that they had they went for and they pretty much got all of them yeah and it was just kind of hard about going if we have any chance of competing in this game we need to do it they went two point conversions they went for it i honestly think if they would have just gone for a field goal or just kicked the extra points they might have won this game Maybe that would have changed the offensive side for the Chiefs. But that second half, you kind of saw that let's just protect the game. Like, let's just protect the lead. It wasn't that foot-on-the-throat mentality. But it was kind of because Lamar Jackson was just coming back moment in and moment out. So it was it was an exciting game. Good win for the Chiefs. They did not cover like I thought they would. But it was a great home opener. It fucking stormed the beginning of the game. The sun came out. It rained some more. And now the sun's out. And it's just a beautiful rainy day in Kansas City, but the Chiefs win, so that's what matters to me, but that's pretty much the subject of the game. Teresa, is there anything you want to add? Uh, just that I felt like, it, and I think that this is credit to the Chiefs here, that they're going to do this to people. They, I felt like they got the Ravens out of their game plan a little bit. I think if the Ravens kept with their game plan of that more ground and pound like they did at the start, this game could have ended differently. And yes, like you said, just take some points when you get it. Like, just take them. Like, you don't need to try to, like, be like, we're going to outscore you. We're going to outscore you. Like, just take the points. Grind the ball game out. That's all you need to do there. But uh, credit to the Chiefs there, absolutely. And uh, I was happy they covered just for this purpose. But uh, overall, yeah, yeah, Lamar didn't look as good. I still think I, I still think that he's going to be awesome this entire year. I, I think that a lot of it had to go with we're doing stuff that we weren't planning on doing. This rain is crazy a little bit. So, But overall, man, it was a fun game. It was a good game. It was. Went down to the wire more than I wanted it to because I really wanted to just take a fourth quarter nap and wake up to the win. Um, didn't get to do that. But you're right about the run game for the Ravens. I mean, they started the second half running the ball heavy. I think they went a 14-play drive and scored. Yeah. And then they just went away from it again, which didn't really make any sense because, I mean, it obviously worked for you. But that's the basis of that game. Next was the Raiders versus the Vikings. Um, The Vikings were set to cover by 8.5. That's who I predicted. I won that one. Treese won the Baltimore one. Sorry, I'm just counting my wins here. Patrice, I don't even know why you're here, honestly. Just let me do all the talking. <laughs> but uh, I feel I didn't really watch this game because it was on at the same time as the Chiefs-Ravens game. So if you saw more of it, please go. 
The game was a blowout. I actually didn't watch any of the second half. I did have it on for the first half. Dalvin Cook just destroying everything. Like he he couldn't be stopped. Kirk Cousins looked very good in the first half, and he had an early touchdown to uh, Thielen that I think that really gave him some confidence there. But then they just really relied on Madison and and Cook. So that's kind of all it is. And the Raiders, man, I just. I just don't know what their identity is. It's like they want, they know that they should run the ball and they should give the ball to Josh Jacobs. But then, like, if they don't get a couple first downs, like, it's almost like Gruden panics a little bit and gets into this, like, okay, let's just do a shootout then. So I, I just don't see, given they gave up 34 points, so you had to be coming back, so you had to pass it a lot. But a 35, or sorry, 34 pass attempts to only 10 rushes for Josh Jacobs, that's not a ratio you want. That's not success for the Oakland Raiders. Completely agree. I did see glimpses of this game, so I lied. Uh, Adam Thielen, the touchdown reception, and then the rushing touchdown on, like, I believe it was the jet sweep. Um, yeah. So that was good for him. My buddy was excited about that with him being on his fantasy team. But Dobbin Cook looked good again. I mean, this is another impressive week coming off the injury. So good for him. Just keep grinding. But, I mean, everything you said about the Raiders is absolutely correct. Uh, we'll just head to our – go ahead. Yeah, sorry, one more thing. Non-quarterback, Dalvin Cook's MVP of the year of the season. At, at this point, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I mean, that I would not have said that at the start of the year. Oh, no, absolutely not. So – so offensive player of the year then is a huge possibility. Pretty much the running back award or receiver yeah. award. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. So our next game, the Jets versus the Patriots. The Patriots were set to cover uh, by 23. That did not happen. Uh, so good for the Jets to not lose by 23-plus points with your third-string quarterback. Uh, really limited on the defensive side of the ball. You had noise this last week. Um but you kind of came out and you competed there at the beginning of the beginning at the beginning of the game, excuse me. But then the Patriots just do what they did. You have several people running the ball. You have several people catching it. Brady goes for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Threw the ball a ton. I mean, the Patriots just do what the Patriots do. And the Jets didn't really have much to answer for it. Jared Stidham came in at the end of the game, threw an interception. I believe it was returned. That's kind of the reason why the Jets covered. But other than that, it was just all New England. Yeah. Jared, so they're up 23. Jared Sinem comes in, throws a pick six to Jamal Adams, immediately bring Tom Brady back into the game and have him finish the game. It was a, it was a weird scene there. But Brady kind of didn't look comfortable the entire game. I watched most of this game. I had this one as one of the four games uh, more just because – I have Brady on fantasy, so I just I like to watch my quarterback there. And uh, yeah, twenty-eight for forty-two, and like that's like an obviously it's an accurate number, but it's like accurate from like what I saw too. Uh, if I probably would have guessed somewhere around there if you didn't show me the stats. He missed a lot of like little out routes. Uh, Julian Edelman leaving the game in the second quarter was big. He was just dominating the game. I think he had already. I think he had seventy yards. Oh, sorry, sixty yards in less than two quarters of play. He was, he was and a touchdown. Yeah. Seven catches, 62 and a touchdown in less than two quarters. Like he was going to be the man that game. He probably wouldn't for 150 if he didn't get hurt. Um, Other than that though, that's kind of it. Jets fans. Don't worry. 
by this weekend. When you come back, you will have Sam Darnold back. Hopefully. Hopefully you do. On this next game, kind of just a back and forth of what the fuck's going to end up happening, really. Like, it's just kind of who kind of wants to win this game is what it felt like there at the end. The Lions versus the Eagles. The Eagles were set to win by six and a half. Um, they did not. So, Justin, or Trius, excuse me. Why'd you just say, excuse me? That's my name still. I know, but I've never <laughs> called you Justin. I don't know. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, Trees. <laughs> Excuse me there. Uh, so, Trees wins this one. I really don't know what happened. Um, I saw the Eagles block the field goal at the end. Um, they get in good field position. What the fuck happened after that? Because I missed it. Did they miss the field goal, interception, turnover on downs? Turnover what on happened downs. for them not to turnover on downs? They didn't kick a field goal. Correct. They got. They had a penalty that made it a super long. It would have been a super long field goal. Good God. Well, props to the Lions. Finding ways to win. Undefeated. They go into Kansas City next week. Or, excuse me, they play at home against Kansas City next week in Detroit. So, good for them. Uh, way to go in with your confidence up there just for it to get demolished that fast with Mahomes. Um, Carson Wentz, though, uh, two touchdowns, almost 300 yards, not looking too good. Miles Sanders almost got his fucking head ripped off. No flag. No. Like, how does How is that not even called? I mean, that guy's going to get a fine. But I also don't know why as a defender, like, why you kept a hold of that going. Like, you literally could have broken this guy's neck. Like, it looked nasty. I didn't even like watching it. Um, Nelson Aguilar, though, hit the spin button twice. That was pretty cool. Don't even try that on Madden because it ain't going to fucking happen. You're not even <laughs> going to get the first one. Uh, that game is bullshit. What was that throw I saw here at the end? Um, a touchdown throw. I don't know who threw it. It was a close one. Over two defenders. It's one of two guys. It was against the uh, – I, I don't know the game. You run two in routes, and then you have a guy run a fucking flag route, right? And then you can throw it over the top between the corner and then the safety. The ball gets caught in real life. Madden intercepted. Your receiver doesn't even turn around or fight for it. Trish, do you know anyone that makes the game Madden? Yes, but I don't. we can talk about this offline. I don't can I talk to, to him? Sure. I just I just have a question. Um, do they watch football? Like that's that's just what I want to ask. And be like, you realize the defensive back is not the wide receiver. So you have the defensive back doing animations that a receiver should. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I do. And here we are talking about Madden. But the main point is of this game is fuck. I don't I mean props to the Lions, really. I don't know how you did it, but you did. Same with last week. I don't know how you did it then, but you did. So here you are. Yeah. Uh I mean they got a little lucky. Uh Goddard had a dropped pass touchdown right in his hands. That was that would have put them in the lead. But again, hey, that shit happens and they recovered and good for the Lions. So yeah, good for you guys on winning. You could tell that Carson Wentz was uncomfortable without Alshon Jeffrey and without What's his name? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Like so. Yes, Lions are two zero and one, which is fantastic for them. Like good for them. I kind of feel like they've gotten like that crystal ball this year with their schedule. Week one, no Patrick Peterson. First NFL game for a starting quarterback and head coach. Like you're just like all these guys that don't really know what they're doing. Game two. 
all these injuries for the Chargers, and then game three, top two wide receivers missing for the Eagles. <laughs> like a lot of good things are going their way, but the my point is is not to say that they're getting lucky. It's that they're actually taking care of business. Like good for them. Like these things are going your way, and you're taking advantage of it. That's why you're two zero and one. Uh, like you said, you play the Chiefs next week. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck rolling in with some confidence because you just also, saw what happened to the uh, – sorry, go ahead. Look, look, what happened to who? The Ravens. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, I cut you off there. My bad. Uh, Matthew Stafford also didn't look good, though. He, he, <laughs> top he 10 quarterback, look, right? Yeah, yeah, top 10 guy, <laughs> right? Stupid uh, Yeah, so it was – it was the spe- this win is on the special teams and defense, and it kind of feels like that's what it was last week, too. I feel like both of these wins are the defense, which is a very Patriot-like way, like how you specifically have saying. I'm not going to say we because you've been the one saying that, not me. So, yep, that's all I got on this game. All right, uh, let's just see how it keeps rolling for them. Again, good for the Lions and the Lions fans. Um, our next game here is the Panthers versus the Cardinals, and Kyle Allen had himself a day. Uh, I heard a stat while I was watching it, completely forgot it. I was like, there's no way I'll forget that stat. I'll have it locked in. Boy, was I wrong. But this dude can play quarterback. Here's the stat. The last eight starts that Cam Newton has had, he's lost. Can you believe that? The last eight starts for Cam Newton as the Panthers starting quarterback has been in the L category. Kyle yeah. Allen comes in and wins. Wins. I mean, it was still kind of a close game. But they won by 18. Maybe it was not. A, maybe when I was watching, I thought it was closer. It, than it, it was very close in the first half. It was It was 10 to 14 at halftime. It, there we go. Okay, so they pulled away. But still, the, the main point, Kyle Allen looked great. What do you have, four touchdowns, four yep. passing touchdowns over 300 yards? And they were like deep shots too. Like he had some moments of where he was really hitting his guys in stride. And it's the guys that I've been saying need to be targeted more that Cam Newton's just not hitting because he can't get the ball down the field. And that's Curtis Samuel. That's more. I mean, Christian McCaffrey breaks off for a big run. Like that's going to be the openings that McCaffrey can, you know, succeed off of. And when you have Cam Newton throwing bullets five yards out, it's not the same thing as a 35-yard deep shot from Kyle Allen. You know what I mean? It totally. does, doesn't open things up. So it was nice to see that new aspect for the Panthers, and they honestly looked like a different team too. And their defense stepped up as well with, I think, over five sacks, if I, if I heard that right. Sorry, say that one more time. Their defense had over five sacks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Checking it up right now, sacks. Yep, yep, they did. They had... Yep. Wow, that's a lot of sacks. That's like eight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, eight total. That's a lot. Damn. Good so, for them. Yeah. Uh, let's say, and I don't know who the Panthers play next week. I haven't previewed that yet. Uh, let's say that next week, let's the say, Tex- they, who? The Texans. They play the Texans. Okay, let's say that they, Newton can't go. Allen goes again, and they beat the Texans. Two and two. Going into week five, Newton's healthy. There's no way you can take Allen out. You know who they play then? Who? Jaguars. 
There's no way they can take Allen. Wonder what? You guys should totally take Allen out. If you guys win next week, you guys should just bring in Cam Newton. Like, look what he's done for you in the past. Like, you can't you can't have a guy like that on your bench. Bring him back in. Yikes, dude. <laughs> um, that's you actually bring that's Cam Newton right. and get him broke, and then Allen's your starter for the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh man, that I remember. I yep. I'm actually at a golf tournament that weekend, so. Luckily, it ends on Saturday, so I can watch that. Yeah, so I can watch that on Sunday. Uh, but might be on might be on the way home. But we'll see. Uh, overall, though, Cardinals o two and one, not the best start for you there. But honestly, I don't. I mean, Kyler didn't have the best game today, but I don't feel like this is like totally on this offense. I think the defense is just struggling. I would agree with that, but I mean, when you throw 43 times and you have 30 completions for 173 yards, what ways are your throws going? Left and right? Like, are you yeah. throwing north and south? Yeah, today was a struggle, right? But he's averaging like 315, 320 passing yards per game, the first two. Well, don't th- those all came at the end of the game, like you predicted before the season started. Like he's just getting those Eli Manning, Drew Brees, just stat eating plays to where we can do this and go. I mean, Christian Kirk, ten receptions for fifty nine yards. Uh, rushing wise, Kyler Murray's your leading rusher with sixty nine yards. Uh, maybe you need to get the run game going a little bit more. Like you have to even that out because if the Carolina Panthers can have eight sacks. What's the rest of your schedule like? Because, yikes, if the Panthers got eight sacks. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think today was a struggle. I just think, I guess I'm saying I think the offense was done better than I expected. But, yes, you're right. I think that Kyler Murray is going to have a lot of garbage time. And that's kind of just the way it's going to be, just with how bad this defense is. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, res- in regards to the spread this game, we both had Arizona covering at minus two and a half. That did not happen with the Panthers winning. Um, so our next game here, the Giants versus the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were set to win by six and a half. That did not happen as the Giants came out and won with a 32-31 victory. Way to go, Daniel Jones and Justin Treese. Let me get you with both names this time instead of just one with an excuse me. But uh, Daniel Danger Zone Jones showed up. He had some good – that's who fucking did it. Daniel Jones. Did the freaking two ends and then the, the flag route and hit it over the top. Oh. Over the two buck. Yes. It was a perfect throw. You do that mad and that shit's intercepted. Oh, my God. Dan Kiefer, when you're listening to this, let me know because I know me and you have been going back and forth on this. He told me his story of him breaking his controller um, the other day, and I started dying laughing at work because I got up and read this story, and he ends it with, hey, I'm sorry. I just needed to get that off my chest. Dude, I fucking hear you. Let me tell you, I hate playing this game right now. That KO mode, it's almost even worse. It's almost even worse. But uh, we'll leave that for another time. This game, Daniel Danger Zone Jones, the thing, the difference here for the Giants was the mobility in the pocket, was fighting for those extra yards. He had a rushing touchdown. He's already matched. He had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, to win it. He got a second one. I completely missed that game-winning drive then. Excuse me there. I apologize, Daniel danger zone jones but that one rushing so he already has more rushing touchdowns than eli manning has over his entire career 
He did it in one game. That's the difference for the fucking Giants, and that's what I've been saying for six fucking months. There's no mobility. Eli Manning cannot compete in this in this league anymore, not being able to move in the pocket. And we had fans coming at us going, but he gets the ball out so quick. Da-da-da-da. You know who you are. Look at what's going on. Now you got this new guy that can stand there, move around when he needs to, and lead you on a game-winning drive. Your star running back goes down, still win. Half your receivers are out, don't know where the fuck they're at, you still win. That's the difference. The mobility in the pocket is a game changer, and that's what Daniel Jones brought. And so good for the Bucks, or excuse me, good for the Giants. The Bucks, though. Trace, do you want to say anything about the Giants before I go into the Bucks? Uh, I feel ba- so bad for Saquon. <laughs> so bad. Like he's been dealing with all these losses. He goes out with an injury right when he right when the new quarterback comes back comes in. That sucks. Sounds like he's going to be out for four to six weeks. It's rough. Was it just a severe ankle sprain? Or? Yeah, that's what they're saying right now. Damn. Well, I don't know where they're going to go after that. I mean, Evan Ingram had a nice catch. That was pretty good by him. Hey, there's – um, there's all right. It's a deal. Giants, you guys can have Leonard Fournette. Send me over a Pepsi and a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Tough market. Tough market. The fact you thought about what sandwich, a Pepsi and a, uh, I'm feeling a ham sandwich. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're ridiculous, dude. Uh, the Buccaneers, though, Jameis Winston didn't look as bad this game. Had a couple deep shots. You tweeted on our account, or we tweeted on our account here. You did. Uh, Janoris Jenkins could not stop Mike Evans. So, good for Evans. That's what a healthy Evans looks like. He's not sick. I'm making great catches. You know, the fighting for extra yards, the running game. I didn't see too much of it. Did you see enough to kind of say, building off what we said last week about him or no? Yeah, Ronald Jones is the guy at this point. He averaged almost six yards per carry, and he had double-digit carries. That's that's solid for me. So, I agree. Yeah, everything you just said in eight Catches for 190 yards and three touchdowns for Mike Evans. I love it because he's on my fantasy team. I've been waiting for it for a couple weeks now. So <laughs> love to see that. But when are we going to have one of those Jameis Winston games where he actually is able to hit multiple guys? Like so far, it was either week one, Godwin. Week two, Godwin only. Week three, now it's Evans only. Can you maybe I just like have it be both so like you don't have double coverage on one guy? Like just... Be consistent, dude. If he does that, then he's a franchise quarterback. But also he does, so that's why he's not. Yeah. But their defense, their defense was very impressive. Shaq Barrett had another impressive game. Um, their defensive line was in the backfield. I mean, there was constant pressure on Daniel Jones. So I complimented his, you know, mobility in the pocket. If you have Eli Manning, the Giants are nowhere near winning this game. I mean, he's just getting demolished back there. But that's that's pretty much all I have for this game here. Yeah, Shaq Barrett just going on to what you just said. Four sacks today and two forced fumbles. Uh, your little article there, even though they lost the game, he could be a candidate for Defensive Player of the Week. Hey, <coughs> I like that. I think I put him there last week, but I don't mind going two for two. I mean, if he deserves it, he deserves it, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. I'm heading into our next game. Uh, we just watched this one end at, right before we hopped on. The Texans versus the Chargers. The Chargers were favored by three and a half. Um, I chose Houston to cover. 
They did, so I'll take the dub on this one. Uh, the Texans won it, but the Chargers shot themselves in the foot. Travis Benjamin had a late opportunity, dropped the ball. But, man, that's just what happens with the Chargers. They just they get there, and then something happens, and then there's a silly throw by Rivers, and it just takes you out of the game. A beat-up secondary, though, did just enough to keep them in this game. The Texans and Deshaun Watson, they have got to figure something out because this guy is going to be out of the league in six or four or five years if this continues to happen. Yeah. I mean, he gets, he's getting hit every other play. I mean, and you see him just laying on the ground. Like, he just lifts his head up and he puts it back down. And I know he's just going, all right, let's just get one more play. And he's just taking a deep breath. He pushes himself up and he goes. But these shots, man, they are taking their toll. And it's only week three. And they've been playing close games. Like, every game has come down to the last two minutes. Literally, every game has for the Texans. So for them to pull this one out, good. They did it the last two weeks. Um, they did it against the goal line for the Jaguars last week. Good for their secondary to do it against Phillip Rivers this week. Um, pretty much that's all I have for it. Like a tough fought battle for the Texans to pull out a dub. Yeah, I was disappointed on this one. I was really, ho- I was really hoping Chargers and Falcons would pull these wins out so the whole AFC South would be one and two. But uh, good for the Houston Texans. Wonder who's got to be really happy right now? Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I was going to say that. One and two, you can tell that they're just missing something in this offense, and that something is Melvin Gordon at this point. Uh, I'm not saying that Eckler and Justin Jackson weren't good. They they both averaged over four yards per carry, but there's just something about Melvin Gordon that is something that those guys can't do. Um, it's just that elusiveness. I mean, that's what it is. Making that one, that first guy miss to go. Yeah. Austin Eckler had several receptions in the backfield, tripped up, and he's like, that's it. You know what I mean? They're not getting any extra yards, and that's what Melvin Gordon provides is missing, making that guy miss and getting a positive four or five yards at a time. Yeah, and I've said this a few times here. Not all touches are created equal. And in a sense, I think um, Eckler's one of the prime examples of that. Like, would you rather Eckler be being that guy averaging like 18, 16 to 18 touches like he is this season? Or where he's starting to wear down, not be as elusive and everything? Or would you rather him average like that 11, like that 9 to 11 range where he's just sparking the offense every single time he's touching the ball, like how he was last year? Like, that's what made that offense so special last year is they could come in and be that change of pace guy. And that's what the Patriots succeed at. Yes. I mean, you got three running backs, Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sonny Michelle, and you throw in some other guy off the street. None of them get a ton. None of them are just taking over the offense, but they all provide something different, and they do it well. They just do their job. And, like, Rex Burkhead, in a sense, can be Austin Eckler in this situation here where he gets those touches, he gets those tough yards, gets, you know, the team rolling again in the right direction. And then you bring in the next guy, you bring in the James White, you throw him the ball and he goes and gets you seven, eight yards off a, a little pat, like a little dump off play. And that's what the Chargers are missing with Melvin Gordon right now. So you're completely right there. That's all I got on this game. That's it. Sweet. We'll move on to our next one. We only got two more here before we hit these primetime games that we've yet to see. But, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the 49ers. The Niners were set to cover at minus six. Um, I chose Pittsburgh to win this game. 
and they did. So I won this one as well, back to back here. Thank you so much. Fan noise. Woo! Just kidding. No one gives a shit. But Mason Rudolph, looking pretty good. Looking like the guy got pumped up, ran down to the end zone with his receiver for the touchdown. Yes, he was open, burned him on a double move, but good route. You still hit him, touchdown. Um, the only thing I really didn't like was how hard he punched him in the face. He was celebrating the touchdown. Looked like he about broke his freaking neck, honestly. So that's pretty much what I have for the Steelers. The Niners, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say and act like I know what happened. I don't. I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, it seemed like they struggled a bit, which is concerning considering this Pittsburgh defense is like 27th or something like that overall. But, uh, I mean, it was fine. Jimmy G had two picks, one not his fault off of the receiver's hands, but George Kittle, the leading receiver there, uh, Pettis had just a huge touchdown to win the game with less than two minutes left. I think it was like a minute and 15 seconds left. Huge catch between two guys ended up making them hit each other. He doesn't get hit, and he walks into the end zone. So, great win for them. Hey, they're 3-0. and it, it could be ugly, but they're 3-0, and and they're a real threat in this NFC West until somebody can beat them. The 49ers won this game. Yeah, 24-20. to So, the Steelers just covered. So, I they take back covered. what I said saying the Steelers won. Excuse me. Oh, I thought I thought that's what you meant when you said they won. I thought you meant just, they won. I just want to make sure that no one's like, well, he said this and then he said that. Because so, okay. I do that listening, so I just want to double-check. Um, but, yeah, good point there. Next game here, staying in the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks face the Saints. Seahawks were favored by four. Um, I took Seattle here thinking they were going to pull it out being at home. That is not what happened with Drew Brees being out. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I can't say for his performance, but I know the Seahawks were disappointing. I thought they kind of had things rolling. I thought they'd be a little bit more competitive, and the Saints just did the exact opposite of what the Seahawks did. And that was be successful and win this game. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara is just going to be the man as long as Drew Brees is out. He had 25 touches today for 160 yards, two touchdowns. He's just going to be the guy. Uh, Michael Thomas, I kind of feel like this is going to be what he is without Drew Brees. Like a six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown type guy. I just don't see him being that... 14 15 catch guy with 120 130 yards like he is with Brees. So there's that Chris Carson. Dude, you need to learn how to hold on to the ball, man. I mean, you could be one of the best backs in the league if you just don't fumble it. Did he go out with an injury or was it Penny? Penny Penny missed this game. So I thought so did Carson go out with an injury? Uh he may have left the game, but I I think he was in at the end. Okay. For some reason, I feel like I got that update. Um, But the Saints come out and win this game. Good for the AFC South. They're not losing it entirely yet. Um, So that league, or that division, excuse me, is still pretty competitive. Um, The game that's on right now are the Rams and the Browns. And then tomorrow night for Monday, or tonight for you guys listening, is the Bears and Redskins. We will cover both of these games on our Thursday episode But pretty much, that is the week three breakdown for you guys. Recap, excuse me. Trees, is there anything else you want to add before this week ends? This episode ends here? Uh, Oh, just because everybody's always, I'm sure you guys are not sick of me talking about Jalen Ramsey at all. Uh, Shad Khan came out and said, yeah, we're not trading him. He's our cornerback. So, love seeing that. 
They've had multiple meetings trying to repair the relationship with Jalen and Tom Coughlin. Uh, the best way that I can propose fixing the relationship is um, politely forcing Tom Coughlin to retire. Uh, that's probably the best way to fix a relationship. Uh, get the 132-year-old man out of the, the facility. That's probably the best way. And replace him with who? Literally that's, anybody else? It doesn't matter. He's He's... VP of player personnel, just let the GM do what he was doing before you left or before he showed up. So Tom Coughlin has that much of a say and it's pissing Ramsey off. It doesn't have anything to do with the defensive scheme being his own. No. Like, well, yeah, he still wants to be man to man, but he, but the whole reason, the biggest thing. So what happened was after the game, they had a team meeting the next day on Monday and Tom Coughlin came in and personally called out Jalen Ramsey for the way he acted and like a whole bunch of other stuff that nobody really knows, but it's been told it was more than just calling him out just for that. Uh, so it sounds like he actually, Jalen actually likes Doug Marone. So there's that, but I mean, you have a GM, just let Caldwell just do his thing. I mean, I'm not the biggest Caldwell guy, but the team was heading in a good direction and they've gone a bad direction since Coughlin came in. So, mm. but Coughlin has this reputation around Jacksonville, right? He was the first head coach of the Jaguars, led him to AFC title games. It just like everybody in Jacksonville loved him. I think that is vastly turning the opposite direction, though. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are like, okay, get the old guy out of here. So we'll see. I don't know, man. I just, I don't think that. I don't think Shad Khan would do it during the season, but I easily could see him making that move this offseason and just saying, let's not trade Ramsey this year. Let's just hold on to him. And then let's see if this offseason, because he said, I want to pay Jalen top quarterback money this weekend also. So maybe this weekend, maybe it's a same day surprise. It's like, Jalen, come on in. Guess what? Tom Coughlin, see that, that office? It's empty because he got fired. And here's a nice, huge contract for you that's like, $95 million. Stay. Is he available to sign at any point right now? Yes. Hmm. I, I don't think he would sign it right now, though. So I, th that's why I'm you saying it. So? Yes. I don't think that he would. I think that the way it is, hey, if they win another game or two and he starts getting into that, that juice of like, hey, we're winning some ball games, maybe. Maybe you can get him there. But at this moment, I don't think that you could get him to sign a contract. Yeah. So you really don't think he's getting traded now? I'd actually say I'm 95% certain he does not get traded this season. Well, I hope he does to Kansas City because they need it. There are a few teams that really need it. Huh? Like, dude, Chiefs, the Eagles. Like, there are some teams that desperately need it. Did you see the offer that the Ravens gave Jacksonville? Uh, I didn't hear it. Oh, Hayden Hurst, last year's first-round pick, tight end. Uh uh, first round pick and second round pick in next year's draft. A second for next year. So 2020 first and second rounders. With the first round tied in, they said no. Yeah. Wow. They were willing to give up their one and two for next year, and then a promising tight end. He's not that promising, man. 
he, he's not doing anything. He can't beat out Mark Andrews. And let's not Mark forget. Mark Andrews is pretty fucking good. He, he is. He's considered the next Travis Kelsey coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah, but, I mean, he was a third rounder. You got this guy in the first round. You would expect a first rounder to beat out a third rounder. And let's not forget, Hayden Hurst played college baseball and or, and pre- professional baseball and then went to South Carolina. He's He's like 27 years old. Guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, we will. I, I'm um, just saying. I'm not good at when you come back with all this information. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, I have no rebuttal. So uh, that's get, it for today. No, I'm just don't kidding. get me wrong. I was high on Hayden Hurst in the draft. Like I had it. I had him super high, easy first round grade. He just hasn't lived up to it. And given last year, he was super injured. So we'll see. But and it always I, takes a tight end a year or two to fully develop into the yeah. NFL. And that's where Mark Andrews is right now, and he has the same mindset as Lamar Jackson of that backyard ball, yep. and that's why they're on the connection that they have. So yeah, yep, for sure. So uh, we'll see though. I'm I'm interested. I'm like on Twitter more often than not now, just because I'm just so desperately scared of getting that breaking news from Adam Schefter. <laughs> just like oh god, every time I see him tweet, I'm like, just don't say Jalen Ramsey, don't say Jalen Ramsey, and. That's where we're at. Yes, sir. Um, pretty much. So I think that's it for today. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm excited for week four, man. Moving on to week four for next time. And today we've been talking football.